Truth News Network. Fake news, equity, inclusion, words that are all the buzz. You do know what buzz is, right? It's noise. And that's where we're headed. A culture of noise. More concerned with the topicality of the noise than the substance of the truth. Well, we're TNN, the Truth News Network. And you're in luck. The anti-buzzmaster is in. Dan Newman. Anti-buzzmaster now. Okay, Pete. Thanks for the new title. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. TNN Live. We're at midweek. Here we go, and as we get closer to the weekend, things begin to really heat up. We have so many things to touch base on today. I mean, a bunch of things, and we're not going to miss an opportunity. We're going to make sure before this show is over in two hours that you have every bit of information that's topical, that is timely, and that is important. And we're going to give you the factual perspective on everything. We're really in trouble as a nation. I probably don't need to tell you that, but we are. Because the nation as we know it, as it was established way back in 1776 when our forefathers sent that Declaration of Independence to the royalty over in the UK and Britain, it's gone. This country looks nothing like the United States of America that our forefathers imagined. How is that happening and why is it happening? Well, how it's happening is because the people, we the people, have let it happen. Those that we have elected to send to Washington, D.C., they're not doing the right things. Many of them are breaking the law. Our president every day breaks federal laws across our southern border. Many in his administration do the same things over and over. Our Department of Justice, including the FBI, has been weaponized by the executive branch. The bosses in the White House, and they're weaponizing agencies of our government, we the people's government, against us, and they're doing it with impunity. So many new things come up every day. Another indictment looking to be close against former President Donald Trump, and it makes it just more obvious and clearer to everybody, not just here, but across the globe. Our friends on the other side of the pond are actually saying, it looks like the Biden administration is going to do everything they can do to jail Donald Trump before the 2024 election because they don't think Joe can win. It's looking like that is actually what's going on. The left, along with the legacy media that are in the pockets of all those in the left, they're just lining up to go after Donald Trump once more. They tried to impeach him twice. Uh, They fiddled with the election. Yeah, they did. It's not a conspiracy. They did. I don't know if the outcome would have changed, but nevertheless, we'll never know. All that ahead and much more. Oh, I need this. (laughs) I need a little Michael Frank's relaxation. I really hope it's you. I really do. I really hope it's you. Everyone knows that the words of a love song I seldom if ever 
if you've been reading your book and it's warm, but you've got that mild, cool breeze coming in over the ocean and listening to the that song. You know what's funny? I was just thinking about. That was Michael Franks, by the way. For those of you that know me, both of my favorite singers, male singers, first name's Michael. Michael Franks there and Michael McDonald. And their vocal styles are 180 degrees apart. Michael McDonald's got this deep, bassy voice. You can hear and recognize him anytime you hear him singing with somebody. He does back up some of his buddy's music because of his voice. And Michael Franks, he's got that high voice. And I'm asked often, look, you've, you've got a deep voice. You would think you would like only those that uh, have that deep voice when they sing, but you like Michael Franks? I just like that smooth jazz. I like that sound. As my girls tell me, Dad, it's elevator music. Well, I'm going to chuckle about that. It may be the last time today I chuckle because we're going to dive in. And we're going to come out of the water today, out of the pool today, and we're going to have mud and dirt all over us. But isn't it better to go ahead and dig in and find out and get some factual information on which to base our opinions so that we're not fretting and worrying about something that we don't have the answers for? Let's start with the Biden folks. How about that? How about Maria Bartiromo on Sunday morning? Maybe it wasn't Sunday. Maybe it was Monday or Tuesday. I lose track of the week, the time. But she had former President Trump on. And this new indictment that we're expecting to come out from Jack Smith, that special counsel slash prosecutor, the one that's going to try to hang Trump, which they've tried to do three times already. Nonetheless, Maria talked to Donald Trump and asked him about this pending, this particular pending indictment. I want to ask you how this is affecting you running for president. I mean, is this affecting your campaign? Is this going to stop you? I think it's probably so far helped my campaign because you see the numbers better than I do. And I've never had the sanctimonious is a terrible candidate. And he's I think he's out. Uh, I'm leading the Republican Party by 40, 50, 60 points. I'm le- most of these guys are at one, two, and three. He's now in the teens, and I'm at 60 and 70. I think it probably, you know, there are those that say, oh, because the people of the country are smart. This is the weaponization of government. Nobody thought it was possible. On nonsense, and you know what they did in Manhattan on a total nonsense case? They took, I was going to use a word called bull something, but I don't want to do that on your show because I don't want to offend anybody, Thank but that's you. what it is, bull something. They took a top person in DOJ and put him in the Manhattan DA's office. And by the way, Manhattan DA, there's there's crime all over the city. They do nothing, murders, everything else. But they want to get Trump on something that isn't even a crime, that we didn't do and isn't a crime. They took a top DOJ person, put him in the Manhattan DA's office to run an investigation on me. They had Hillary Clinton's lawyer, Pomerantz, Mark Pomerantz, one of her lawyers from a big Democrat law firm, go into the DA's office in New York to prosecute me. In other words, they made her lawyer into Mm. a prosecutor. The people of our country get it. As far as I'm concerned, I consider it a badge of honor. To be indicted, 
I would consider a badge because I'm doing it for the country and I'm doing it for the people. With all due respect, even, you know, your supporters say the only people who could take down Trump is Trump because the, he gives his detractors leverage on a silver okay, platter. L let me ask you this. What am I going to do? I get indicted on something that is ridiculous. I have to fight. Supposing I answered your question with tears pouring down my eyes and saying, oh, Maria, it's so sad. Look, I'm fighting for, I think, 225, 250 million people. I think that's the real number, okay? I'm fighting for a lot of people. It's much more important than me. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden was uh, charged with a misdemeanor. He'll avoid jail time. Hunter Biden got a traffic uh ticket. Compare Hunter Biden to Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort was put in solitary confinement. They wanted to destroy him. All they wanted him to do was say something bad about me. This guy had tremendous courage. He said, I'm not going to lie. I can't say anything bad. Trump is a great president. He's a great president. I'm not going to do it. He, he went into solitary confinement over nothing compared to what Hunter Biden's done. You know, they gave him a little charge. What about all of these countries he dealt with? You know, I've been reading about people that are put in jail because they're dealing with all. This guy was on the board of, of Burisma. They were getting rid of prosecutors because they were going to be prosecuted. So Biden said, we're not giving you a billion dollars unless you get rid of that prosecutor. And to show you how stupid, I mean, the guy said this publicly and they got rid of the prosecutor. Well, I... the, Maria, the point is this. Any other Republican that gets this position will be attacked the same way. These are fascists, they're communists, they're Marxists, they're radical left Democrats, they're sick people. Let me ask you real quick on Bidenomics and what you want to do in terms of economic growth. Yeah. You talked earlier about energy yeah. and you talked about regulation. What is your plan to get the economy growing again? And do you still think we're going to go into a recession? Okay, so number one, well, if, the, if we have... If there's even a thought that Trump is getting elected, you will never have a recession because people will start investing money, you know, before the fact. And right now I'm leading Biden by a lot. But what I would do is very simple. I got to get interest rates down. To do that, we have to get rid of the inflation because inflation is a country killer. You know, inflation, you can look back 200 years ago, what it's done to other countries. Germany, you look at other it countries. It is coming down. It's coming down, but it's coming down from a very high base. Highs. It's already gone up 40% if you add it all up. Now it's coming down from a very bad base. And what they're doing is they're putting the interest rates at a point. Nobody can borrow all the... So you may have somewhat of a recession. If people think that Trump is going to be elected, you'll never have a recession. If people think I'm not, you will have more than recession. You're going to have a depression. But what I will do is we're going to start using our liquid gold. We have more energy under our feet oil and gas than any other country in the world. You know, I approved Anwar. It's bigger than Saudi Arabia, they say, whether it's bigger or not, but it's damn close. And Anwar in Alaska, the first day he was in office, he ended it. Ronald Reagan tried to get it. They all tried to get it. We're going to be tremendous energy producers. We're going to sell to Europe. We're going to sell all over the world. We're going to bring down the cost of energy. Russia will be much, it'll be much, that Russia, the energy, so Russia's taken in all of this money because of energy. We will lower interest rates because that'll end inflation. You know, inflation was caused because of his energy policies. When energy went to $100 a barrel and more, what happened is you had tremendous automatic immediate inflation because energy is so big, it's all, all encompassing. The trucks, the, the people that bake the donuts, the restaurants, everything, requires energy and it's a very big cost 
And that's what caused inflation. Now everything's causing inflation. Now we have bad supply lines. Maria, our country's a mess. We'll close up the border. We'll become energy independent. Then we're going to be energy dominant. We'll be taking care of Europe. Energy prices are going to come way down. Uh, I will get Putin to make a deal with Zelensky very quickly. We're going to have a great world again. But I'll tell you what, if we don't win in 24, this country is finished. I really believe that this country is finished. Wow. So there you heard it from the horse's mouth. That's exactly the way he feels. And justifiably so. Nobody can credibly say anything that he just said that went on when he was the president and even before the election. The things that he promised us, the campaign promises, all of those were fulfilled, every one of them that he could fulfill in his own and the ones that he could get Congress to line up along with his ideals and get those passed. And we lived through four years, the best four years of economics, our standing on the globe with other world leaders in other countries. Everything was better for the greater part of four years, with the exception of COVID-19. And he can't bear the blame for that. There are those, they want to blame Donald Trump for anything and everything that happened bad in the United States back then when he was in office and since. He's the bad guy. He's the orange man. He's the villain. Why would people even think that way? Why would they talk that way? Do you answer those two questions? And you're going to find a way to reconcile some of the stuff you're seeing happening now. Yeah, it all boils around Donald Trump. He spoiled their plans when he beat Hillary Clinton in 2016. She was to be the torch bearer of the Obama policies, which were for our government to take more control over the American people, over industry, over everything that happens in this nation. And it began very quietly and very slowly under Obama. Hillary was chosen to pick up the torch and carry it for eight more years. There was not a four-year Hillary Clinton plan. The plan was for her to get four more Obama years. And Donald Trump, he literally put a torch to those plans. And they swore. I know people who actually heard statements coming from the left when all this came about. We're, con- we're going to come back and get him. We're going to take our government back. And what we are watching, what you and I are seeing in our own personal lives, not just on the national stage, but when you go to the grocery store, when you try to buy anything, order online, trying to beat the dollars and cents and make your dime stretch further than it ever has before. We're paying the price for that angst on the left. He messed up their deal, and you and I are paying for it. It's not his fault. We elected him in 2016 because of what he said he was going to do, and we honestly believed he was going to do it because on a commercial level, a private level, he had done it at the highest levels of economic endeavors in the nation, successfully done it. 
and he just duplicated some of that when he became president. And you and I and every one of them experienced it. You must understand. I get asked this. When I say they they don't want the economy the way we had it in 2016, 17, and 18, they don't want that. Why don't they want it? And the answer is very simple. Those people, they got what they needed. They're getting what they need right now. They take care of each other in the Democrat Party. Have you ever noticed how they all get lined up on one issue and they all act the same, talk the same, vote the same way? They are a clone of the perfect Democrat hardcore sycophant lawmaker and bureaucrat. They do that very successfully. And when you do something in unison, you get everybody else's attentions. And those people start asking, well, why are they in such unity? It's because it's planned out. I've made very few predictions on this show, but I have said this before, and I believe it now more than ever. We may not be a totalitarian nation in the next decade. But if we're not, and we don't do something in 2024 to stop this spiral, we will be under authoritarian rule by a small core of people that have purposely talked other people into putting them in the seat of power so that they can do what they have promised all those that have been supporting this authoritarian cause, if they'll do and give those people what they promised, it will last as long as they can make it last. The only way to stop it is if we the people stand up and say, that's enough, that's enough. We're not a Venezuela. We're not even a Switzerland or Sweden. We're certainly not an African nation. We're the United States of America, established with liberty and justice for all, equal justice under the law. And we're going back to that. And if you don't like it, leave. And if we the people don't go down that road, oh, we're going to go down the road they put us on and what they want us to do because they'll be in charge. Now, I've been waiting to see what the Republican Party, the GOP, what they're going to do about this Donald Trump thing. They, in large part, leaders there, the rhinos, Republican in name only, even people like Mitch McConnell out of Kentucky, he can't stand Donald Trump. Paul Ryan, remember Paul Ryan was... The Speaker of the House, he ran as vice president when Mitt Romney lost to Obama back in 2012. He's supposed to be a really conservative Republican, is Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan said if Donald Trump wins the nomination for the Democrat Party, he's not even going to go to the convention. Now, what kind of message does that send to GOP senators were heard on Monday of this week talking, and they said 
they are scared to death because our Republican Party, and I'm quoting when I say that, one that was heard saying, said this exact thing, our Republican Party is becoming the populist party, and it doesn't look anything like our party is supposed to look like. It never ceases to amaze me when there's such friction in a political party like this when the guy they're talking about, the one that pulled this nation together, the conservatives in this nation together, like no other person in my lifetime except maybe Ronald Reagan, and achieved amazing things, maybe not for the politicians, but for the American people, amazing things, And they're blasting that whole system, that whole philosophy that the American people signed on for. And we liked it. And we relished it. Somebody would say, well, they got the same benefits. You know what? They didn't need them. They had already signed on. They were on the good ship politics. Once you get on that ship, You're guaranteed you're going to be fine. Don't make any waves. Don't ripple in the water. Go along with the flow of those that are the enlightened ones. What they tell you and show you that you're supposed to do, as long as you don't make waves on your own, you're going to be fine. That is the antithesis to what this country was founded on and I believe still is today. So what are the Republicans at that level? What are they feeling now? Well, they blasted the DOJ. I was kind of glad they did over this January 6th probe, this new thing that's hanging out there, that imminent indictment of former President Trump, expressing support for Mr. Trump in the face of the weaponization of the DOJ against not just Trump, but any opponent of Joe Biden. So when Trump announced this uh, letter that he got from Jack Smith, that special counsel, and Trump announced and told us all on Truth Social that he was a target again in the DOJ's probe, GOP members slammed Jack Smith's corrupt investigation, as they should. President Trump just increased his lead in the poll. So what does the Biden administration do next? weaponized the government to go after President Biden's number one opponent. That was from House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. This is not equal justice. It's wrong, and the American public is tired of it, he said. Good for you, Mr. McCarthy. But he wasn't alone. Joe Biden's DOJ attacked the Portland Federal Courthouse, no problem. Intimidate Supreme Court justices to influence a court decision, no big deal. But if you're President Trump and do nothing wrong, prosecute. That was Chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. Americans, he added, are tired of the double standard. Let me get this straight. Biden's DOJ targets Trump again the same week. He's up in the pools and an IRS whistleblower is testifying that Biden's DOJ obstructed an IRS investigation into Hunter. That was written by House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, my friend from South Louisiana. Another clear case 
of the weaponization of the DOJ against Biden's political opponent. Imagine if Joe Biden's DOJ spent less time attacking President Trump and more time cleaning up Democrat-run cities infested with rampant crime and drugs, he said. And then Elise Stefanik, House Republican chair, she's a Republican of New York, she slammed the unprecedented and corrupt witch hunt against Trump by Joe Biden's corrupt DOJ, deeming it just the latest chilling chapter in the far-left un-American weaponization of the justice system against their leading political opponent. It's no coincidence on the same week that IRS whistleblowers are testifying about illegal corruption protecting the Biden crime family syndicate, Biden's DOJ targets Trump with yet another corrupt witch hunt. This is Stefanik again. Stand with the Republic. Stand with Trump. Save America. And then an unlikely senator weighed in, Ted Cruz from Texas. It's no coincidence, he said, the continued politicization and weaponization of the Department of Justice has turned our institutions into enforcers for the Biden administration's partisan priorities. It remains deeply harmful to the rule of law. There's no greater tyranny than that which is perpetrated under the shield of the law and in the name of justice. That was Florida Congressman Byron Donalds, who I like a lot. Thank you, Republicans. Thank you, GOP, the whole party. It's time that we conservatives stand up and say, enough is enough, and we're not going to take it anymore. We are not going to take it anymore. Where do we go from here? Well, there's some big stuff coming out of D.C. Joe Biden allegedly attended a meeting with a Chinese company that paid Hunter Biden. You got that? Biden did go to a meeting with a Chinese company official that paid Hunter. Hunter Biden. This is from the House Oversight Committee. Joe apparently attended a meeting right after his vice presidency with a Chinese energy company doing business with Hunter. House Oversight released a timeline of events detailing the Biden family's alleged influence peddling with a bunch of different foreign business interests, not just CEFC, that electric uh, energy company in China. Biden allegedly met in May with guys from that energy company. And by the way, CEFC is linked hand-in-hand of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, this is coming from, listen to this, a Biden family associate. Uh Uh-huh. Somebody is feeling the heat in the Biden family. An alleged email between Biden Business Associates May 13th described this, quote, 10 held by H for the big guy. That, of course, referring to Hunter allegedly holding a 10% ownership stake for Joe. 
Joe's alleged big guy nickname is shown in emails from the Hunter Biden laptop archive with other business associates of Hunter. Remember Tony Bobolinsky, Biden family business associate? He said leading up to the 2020 election that he spoke with FBI agents about Joe potentially earning a 10% of the money from that CEFC venture. Republican Senator Iowa Chuck Grassley referenced Bobolinsky's FBI interview in October of last year when he requested more records from the FBI about the Biden family's arrangement with CEFC. All of this is old stuff. IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley, just a couple of weeks ago, testified to the House Ways and Means Committee about a threatening text that Hunter allegedly sent to a CEFC official with Joe Biden sitting in the same room. Remember that? I won't even go through it again. The original arrangement they had with this energy company was changed, and additional Biden associates were apparently removed. That again, another email from Hunter Biden that he sent August 2nd, 2017. The chairman changed that deal after we met in Miami to a much more lasting and lucrative arrangement to create a holding company, 50% owned by me and 50% owned by him. Consulting fees is one piece of our income stream But the reason this proposal by the chairman was so much more interesting to me and my family, me and my family, me and my family, is that we would also be partners in the equity and profits of the joint ventures investment. That's Hunter Biden. His words. The very next day, Hunter allegedly texted a CEFC associate about how the Bidens are the best at doing what his CEFC boss allegedly wanted. Owasco PC, an LLC controlled by Hunter Biden, was paid hundred grand by a subsidiary of CFC August 4th, 2017. The next day, Hudson West 3, a joint entity formed by Hunter and a CEFC official, wired more than $5 million in payments. Biden was allegedly sent nearly $5 million from Hudson West beginning on August 8th. And this is all documented now. House Oversight released a separate memo in March alleging that Walker, Walker was being paid on behalf of Biden family members by Chinese energy firms. The White House has said Joe Biden was not involved in his son's business dealings, and Hunter Biden's attorneys have said Hunter's words have no connection to anyone else in the Biden family. And where I'm from down south, we call that CYA. Cover your arse. And the House Oversight Committee has now formally put together and released a timeline for all of this. They have documents, bank records that have been in existence and out there for years. And these banks with all of these accounts, different ones from the various subsidiaries of the Biden family syndicate, they sent these alarming reports to the Treasury Department. And it's not just about these transactions. 
these large international money transfers. It's common practice. They do it all the time. And when they send these reports to Treasury, Treasury's supposed to turn that information over to the appropriate investigative agencies to make sure there's nothing bad, evil, or illegal going on. And they didn't do it. We're talking about hundreds of these reports. Why didn't they do it? Last name, Biden. Hunter held a 10% interest in this company, BHR Partners, with the entity Skankatelli's LLC. (laughs) Hunter controlled Scanatelli's, according to Chinese public records, Chinese public records, as the sole governor until its dissolution in 2021. Documents first revealed by nonprofit Marco Polo show the control of Scanatelli's held by Kevin Morris, Hunter Biden's top attorney, who also paid Hunter Biden's IRS debt. This is just a vicious circle. I'm telling you, Every day, more and more information comes out that confirms all of this illegal activity actually occurred at the behest of Joe Biden. Some of it when he was still vice president. Some of it in between, the four years in between when Donald Trump was president. And Joe was just putting all the pieces in play for him to enrich himself beyond comparison. That's why he owns four beach houses that you can't buy on a $170,000 Senate salary or vice presidential salary. You can't do it. The noose is tightening, and they're beginning to squeal. Oh, by the way, it came out overnight that the FBI has intervened here. They told a former supervisory agent investigating Hunter Biden that's about to testify that he was expected to not answer certain questions from the House Oversight Committee concerning the case. Now, this is not an FBI agent. This is a former supervisory agent of the FBI. Pretty credible guy. Knows a lot. He knows where a lot of skeletons are buried. And they are so afraid, so afraid, they're threatening him, telling him what he can't answer. The message was relayed in a redacted letter from FBI General Counsel Jason Jones the night before the agent was expected to testify. In the letter... Jones tells the former agent that the FBI, quote, expects that you will decline to respond to questions seeking non-public information, likely covered by one or more components of executive privilege or other significant confidentiality interest, in particular information about deliberations or ongoing investigative activity in law enforcement matters. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Executive privilege, that doesn't apply to Hunter Biden. Hunter wasn't in government. He had no executive privilege. You 
Remember I said the noose is tightening? Who's getting tightened up in the noose that they are reaching out and saying, you can't answer certain questions because it might be precluded because of executive privilege. That would mean this attorney knows that what they don't want this former FBI agent to answer questions about is Joe Biden's direct involvement. He's the only one in the Biden family that could ever exert executive privilege. The kitchen lights turned on and the roaches are scrambling. I think the only thing we're unsure of until now is just how many roaches there are in the kitchen. You do your thing and you do it well. Now it's time to do it bigger. It's time for Shopify. Shopify makes it easy to set up your online store, expand into new sales channels, and bring your brand into the real world. Get everything you need to launch your business today with Shopify. New home ownership can be a real eye-opener, but it's the perfect time to look into Homeowner 101 from The Home Depot. Free live streaming workshops taught by expert associates. Now at homedepot.com slash workshops. You'll find indoor and outdoor workshops, even home systems workshops. Plus, you'll get the know-how you need to care for your biggest investment. Master the basics at Homeowner 101, only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. No way. Taco Bell's Toasted Cheddar Chalupa is back. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? They, they toasted, toasted six-month-old aged cheddar right onto the shell of a chalupa. That's genius, no delicious, no both. And now it comes in a box with a crunchy taco, cinnamon twist, and a medium drink. Whoa. Oh, sorry, this is, this is my stuff. Oh, uh, cool. We're all thinking it. The $5 Toasted Cheddar Chalupa box is back. Only at Taco Bell. At limited participating U.S. locations for a limited time only. Contact local store for prices, hours, and participation, which vary. Tax extra drinks excludes freezes. You love chocolate. Mmm, chocolate. You love M&M's. Oh, yes. But your tastes have grown up, and you're just not wild about super sweet milk chocolate, so you've been avoiding M&M's. Yeah. Well, fear no more. Huh? M&M's dark chocolate to the rescue. My heroes! M&M's dark chocolate candies, available wherever fine candies are sold. No identity politics, no political elitism. Read and hear the truth, always sourced from facts. Real truth, real news, TNN, the Truth News Network. You know, while all this kind of stuff goes on, we're always, you, me, everybody you know, everybody I know, when when it becomes evident that there's something amiss, it's not our government really doing government things. You know what I mean? They're out there on the fringe doing something that just smells a little sour. How do they get away with it? And what is their purpose? I've been asking that question for years. And I just happened to randomly find a short segment with Victor Davis Hanson, who's one of my favorite people. He's on the staff of Stanford out there. Actually, I think he's not on the staff of Stanford 
uh, Hoover Institute is headquartered there, and he serves on an advisory committee at Hoover Institute. But if you want to listen to this couple of minutes with Victor Davis Hanson, if you're like me, and you wonder what the heck is this all about, what's going on, and what is the end result that's hoped for, I think he may have an answer for you and for me. I think all of our uh, listeners should be optimistic because for good or for evil, whether we wanted it or not, the left has prompted a crisis point in American history. They have indicted a former president. Not only that, but they've indicted the chief political opponent leading in the polls of the incumbent president. It's never happened, either one of them, horse multiplier of the two. And they have done that without really any historical perspective, given what we know of other presidents have done with records, including the current occupant of the White House. And given the history of this sort of Trump obsession fixation they've had, whether it was Russian collusion hoax or the laptop disinformation hoax or the phone call, what the left is doing is they're saying, we're going to bring this to a head and we're going to do something that never happened. We're going to destroy this this Trump figure. And they are doing this because they feel that they have the universities, they have the foundations, they have the media, they have social media, they have Silicon Valley money, they have Wall Street, they have the corporate boardroom, Disney, Target, you name it. Okay. And we have the people. And it's now two unyielding forces are coming in contact and we'll see what happens. But they, they force this. Their logic is we're not talking about inflation, interest rates, crime, the border, failed foreign policy, energy crisis. We're not talking about Joe Biden's non-compost mentes. We're not talking about Kamala Harris as an utter, I don't know what we'd call her. And that's good because they have nothing to offer. And they thinking, they're thinking that they're cutting Donald Trump. They're slicing his tendon. They're slicing his shoulder blade. He's bleeding. That's good. And Alvin Bragg will continue, and Latita James will continue, and Willis will continue, and that will be good. He will hemorrhage all the way to the election. They have a schizophrenic attitude. They hate him so much that they want to destroy them. That's their emotions, but then somebody advises them, wait, 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 wait. He's easier to beat than maybe one of the other candidates. So don't destroy him totally. So they're schizophrenic, they go back and forth. But ideally, I think we can decipher the contours of their strategy. They want him to have a lot of empathy. They want him to be tied up as we get close to the campaign season in the fall. And maybe, you know, you can get a you can get a, a veritable winner in March. And they think right. they can draw this out, then he'll be still getting some fumes of empathy and be nominated. Then they're gonna let loose. to destroy the nominee. Nothing is accidental in politics and not particularly this. It's not a legal question. It's an untenable political question. You cannot have, I'll be very careful here. You cannot have the president of the United States for 20 years bringing out classified documents as a senator, as a vice president, using them as a private citizen and in his possession illegally while president of the United States. And all of that was not brought to our attention because Joe Biden felt bad only because of the Mar-a-Lago raid that his DOJ AG ordered. And then he was afraid 
that he had exposure. So for the first time in two decades, he told us that. And to have a special counsel, Mr. Herr, where is he? I haven't heard anything about him. I don't think he's doing anything. He's been in suspended animation for two years. But we know that those were classified documents, as were some of Trump's, apparently. We know that he put them in multiple locations. We know Trump only had one location. We know that they were completely unsecure. Now, leave it to the listener to answer the question whether Joe Biden's Corvette garage, where you from the street when he opened the door, you could look at the documents. There are photos of government boxes that are easily discernible from the street the moment his vet left there versus a gated estate with a guard out at Mar-a-Lago. So there's some so many asymmetries here that you want to know why are they doing this? And then we go to the next level and say this man was the former president of the United States. If you institutionalize the idea that on a questionable matter of indicting an ex-president, you're going to destroy an entire 233-year tradition. Because what you're doing is you're saying to any ex-president, you better be careful because when you lead office, if a guy from the opposite party takes up and you criticize him or your party criticize him, he'll go after you. Donald Trump could have gone after, I guess, Barack Obama if he wanted to, according to this logic. And what would he have done after Barack Obama? Barack Obama had a dispute with the archivist. Donald Trump didn't say go indict him. Or remember another thing that's very important in this. If you go back to the first impeachment in late 2019, the phone call to Ukraine. Remember what the media said. The media said that this was very egregious, not just based on the facts of the case, which really were pretty weak. There were no facts. Donald Trump called uh, Mr. Zelensky and said, you know what, you guys have a history of corruption. Before I okay offensive weapons, which by the way, haven't been given to you before by Mr. Biden's administration, I want you to certify that you're not corrupt. Okay. But at that point, when that leaked out, the subtext of the entire impeachment was all these liberal media outlets were saying this is especially bad because Donald Trump is going after his likely Democratic opponent who's leading all of the other candidates in the primary preliminary poll. So they understood it. You can't do that. Trump didn't do that. Biden did do it. And they're quiet. So that's the that's the cocoon around this legal case. Then when you actually go to the legal case, I don't know what Donald Trump did. I think that he should have left all those boxes. But remember, this is an indictment before a grand jury. We don't have the way grand juries you know, operate. They don't. They have the prosecutor come in and say, I, this is a controversial case. Here's the evidence. But they don't call in the defense attorney and say, would you refute that so that we can adjudicate whether to indict? That's not how our system works. So we've only had one side of the record. Let's say that that's true, that there were some important classified documents. But if you go back and read the 1978 Presidential Records Act, and I've read it a couple of times, the president does have the right to declassify. That's an old trope. Everybody's mentioned that. But if you read the context of the the act, it's basically a procedural matter. Once the president possesses that theoretical power, it's a matter of actually using it, you know, reifying it with a document or request. He didn't do that, apparently. Had he done that, I suppose it wouldn't be. But that's a procedural matter. You know what I'm saying? That's like saying, 
I have a driver's license, but I don't have it in my possession or it's a technicality. And if he's in error or he's broken that statute, it's a civil matter. It's usually adjudicated with the archive. This is criminalizing. And so on the merits of the case, it, it sounds terrible, but they're trying to entrap Mr. Trump by saying if he gave access and boasted about it, then that was espionage or violated the espionage law. If he doesn't candid, that was perjury. If he uh, stonewalled the archive, it was obstruction of justice. But what you're trying to do is to fabricate or create or fertilize infractions of a central problem. And that is he had a dispute with the archives and he took stuff and they said, you can't. And he said, I can. And they said they can't. And their lawyers were working on out. And almost everything that I just mentioned, uh, when you're talking about presidential records, my God, or classified documents, because that's one of the counts. What was James Comey's conversation with the president of the United States, a private conversation? It was probably classified, if not, con it was probably, we know it was confidential. And if Comey hadn't written it and leaked it, it probably would have been classified. But he took a private conversation recorded on an FBI device and then used a third party to leak it and boasted about it. And he had faced nothing. That's what makes me sick about this whole process. They took a wonderful country, these leftist zealots, and they're destroying it piece by piece by piece by the asymmetrical application of the justice. There's one constant truism through all of this mess. If you are wealthy and powerful and on the left, you can do whatever you please. Wealthy, powerful, and on the left, you can do anything that you want to do and you can't be touched. Wow. Did that clear things up for you like it did for me? He makes things so simply understandable. I love to get his take on a lot of things. Uh, we've reached out a couple of times to get him on the show. He's responded, or his people have responded, and we've not been yet able to find a time when it works for him. He's a very big, busy guy, as you can imagine. Let, let, let me just let me just do this one thing. Why don't you just do this? Take a deep breath with me. Here we go. We need to do that more often. So let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a, a break, a short break. When we come back, we're going to get away from all of this for just a few minutes. We're going to talk about something that many of you love. Country music, just for a minute, maybe two minutes. And I think you're going to like it. That's next. <laughs> Starbucks Via Instant is made with the same 100% Arabica beans served at Starbucks. So it's the only instant with the rich, delicious taste of the Starbucks coffees you love and takes only seconds to make. Starbucks Via Instant, the only instant coffee of its kind. Available in black flavored lattes and iced coffee. 
So, Miss Harris, what makes you think you're a good fit with us here at Schmidt, Starks, and Soprensky? Oh, sir, there are so many reasons. I specialized in research and theoretical studies for several years at the Southampton Institute, mm -hmm. preceded by intensive graduate studies at Syracuse. <laughs> Certainly, my skills are well-suited for a position here at Schmidt, Starks, and Sopransky? Oh, thanks. A job interview and a root canal on the same day. Want to get away? Get the heck out of there with Southwest Airlines. Fly coast to coast for $99 or less by November 3rd. It was nice meeting you, sir. Yes, we'll get back to you soon. Soon. Southwest Airlines, a symbol of freedom. Call 1-800-IFLY-SWA. Out for some lays and you face a test. Which tasty chip will be the best? Sour cream and onion smoky part. Sour cream, salt, and vinegar, too. You sample them all, cause the crisp is so good on your lips. Yeah. You left your wallet at home, but now you have a new best friend. The many flavors of Lay's chips. One taste, and you're in love. Violence, screaming obscenities, heated arguments, angry crowds. Roller derby? Nah. Election season. And your voice of calm is truthnewsnet.org. Yeah. I'm calm today. I'm much calmer than I normally am. And we're talking about some pretty weighty, heavy stuff today. We're talking about stuff that could change a nation and not for the good. But you know what? We're going to be okay at the end of it. I promise you, we'll be okay at the end of it. I believe in the American people. Maybe a whole lot more than somebody like uh, Joe Biden does. I believe we the people will demand and accept only what's right and legal. At the end of the day, too, we're going to hold anybody and everybody accountable for any illegality that they have participated in, especially if they're members of the United States government. And few names pop to mind. One of those is the President of the United States. If this illegal immigration thing, I'm not even going to go there. I promise you I wouldn't. I'll do that in a little bit. Let's talk about Nashville for just a minute. Have you heard the name Austin Moody? I haven't until just the last couple of days. He's a country artist. He never thought he'd have a song in the top five on country music iTunes charts. But after being featured on Breitbart News, that's exactly what happened to this young crooner. And it got him the number four spot amidst industry megastars like Jason Aldean, Luke Combs, and Morgan Wallen. But according to the humble rising star, the success of his smash hit, I'm just saying, is driven by fans. That's who dictates where this thing is landing on the charts. It's completely fan-driven, he said. How this thing gets to number one is people going to iTunes and paying the 99 cents for it. I think we've got a good chance of getting to number one. I'm just saying pulls no punches. It lambaste, out-of-control crime, university indoctrination, and a transgender movement that Moody says is singularly focused on exposing children 
to sexualize material. Now, Moody has no illusions about the target this song puts on his back. He believes being an independent artist gives him the freedom to take a stand on issues that other artists tend to shy away from. There are a lot of patriots up here in Nashville who can't say anything because they'll lose their record deal, their support, and that's pretty scary. But this isn't stopping Moody, who says what's going wrong in the country goes far beyond politics. Democrat, Republican, there's this huge gap right down the middle for all of them. I'm sure they look at the stuff going on with this trans movement and these once great American cities and institutions that are now decaying, looking at it and going, what the heck? This is crazy. He said, I was one of these people who talked about it, but I didn't say anything about it. People are scared to stand up. They feel isolated. That's why I wanted to cut this song that Wynn Varble and Mike Loudermilk wrote, Moody continued. Maybe somebody hears it and says, wow, okay, there's somebody else who feels the way that I do. Maybe, maybe, he said. I'm just not crazy. Well, guess what? (laughs) Here you go. Headed to number one. I'm just saying, you're going to like this. They've torn Portland all to pieces. They let Chicago go to hell. There's people leaving New York City like they rang the fire bell. They call themselves enlightened But cancel those who don't agree I wish all these folks Who claim they're woke Would just go back to sleep I'm just saying Have we all lost our minds? I'm just saying Where do we draw the line? I know y'all think it takes balls To be singing what I'm singing But I'm just saying, I'm just saying What you're thinking I believe in living, let live We're all free to each their own you were born a he, but wanna be a she. Do your thing, but leave my kids alone. I'm just saying, have we all lost our minds? I'm just saying, where do we draw the line? I know y'all think it takes balls to be singing what I'm singing. I'm just saying what you're thinking We send them off to college To get them educated They send them back to us indoctrinated And how much are we paying? I'm just saying Have we all lost our minds? 
direction that I'm leaning Some of y'all think it takes balls To be singing what I'm singing But I'm just singing, I'm just singing What you're thinking I think Austin Moody's got himself a hit there. What do you think? And you know why? It's not that it's such a great song itself, but those two guys that wrote it, Loudermilk and the other guy, boy, they knocked a home run telling the truth, didn't they? We need some more Austin Moody's. I mean, he very he made it very plain when he said, I understand why a lot of people up here in Nashville, they can't do songs like this. He's an independent artist. That means he's not an artist signed to a label. When that happens, folks, I know this personally. When that happens, the label gets in the middle of it. You do what they say. You say what they tell you to say. And you certainly don't go out there and do a song like this. Because what happens, you'll galvanize about half the people that hear it. At the same time, you I started to say uh, the P word, but you'll hack off the other half of the people that hear it. And you don't want to do that. You want to keep everybody kind of happy, you know, so they'll buy the song. We need some more Austin Moody's. We really do because we've got to start talking about all this stuff to each other. And we need to stop thinking. I don't want to hack anybody off. I don't want to hurt anybody, their feelings. I know this person is not conservative. I don't know if they're Democrats or they just don't like conservatives and Republicans, but I got to be careful what I say to them. Just talk to them. Don't talk at people. Just talk to them. Let me give you an example. We're still going around and around and around on this abortion thing. Who was the brainchild? that came up with the term to try to sell the abortion is part of health care. Whoever came up with that? I'll ask you another similar question. Who came up with the name for this leftist political party and the name that they hung on it that everybody calls it by is Democratic Party? It's anything but Democratic Their whole constitutional structure is top-down. You have no rights. You can only do what we tell you to do, and you can't even talk about anything other than the things we say are okay. If you do that, you're a radical, MAGA, MAGA, MAGA nut job. By the way, that doesn't happen in democracies. And it certainly shouldn't happen in a political party that's named Democratic Party. But it's there. It's a reality and we have to deal with. So this abortion thing in the healthcare. John Kirby, former admiral, he is the, uh, I think what his official title now is, he's the spokesperson of the White House... Uh, intelligent... I, one of those, Jake Sullivan is the guy. And I think he, Admiral uh, Kirby, works for Jake Sullivan. 
And he happens to put his little nose up in the White House press briefings every once in a while to take some questions. And the big conundrum that's going on in our military is not about our lack of ammunition, our lack of readiness. We don't have enough people in our military. Nobody wants to join the military anymore because they've gone all woke. Austin Moody talked a little bit about that in the lyrics to his song. I'm just saying. You heard it minutes ago. It's top of mind for everybody. Being politically correct in many cases now across our government is more important than being correct factually. You got to be politically correct. You got to fall in line with the wokeisms. Oh my gosh. You can't even say the right thing when you talk to somebody you don't really know well because you might mispronoun them. And some places they'll put you in a jail cell if you mispronoun somebody. There are people that are losing their jobs for that. Is this the freest nation on the planet? (laughs) Come on now. So what's the big deal about abortion and military? This is really something that it just hacks me off. Abortion has nothing to do with health care. You got that? Abortion is killing a human being. Anybody that tries to tell you different is denying science. That's all I'm saying about that. So Kirby gets asked about this this thing that uh, we've got a senator from down in Alabama that is holding up any officer in any branch of the military that wants to get an advancement, get a new title, get a new job, you know, get another star or whatever they call it. In other words, move up in rank. They've got to be, that has got to be confirmed by the Senate before it becomes uh, a reality. We're about to get a new Joint Chiefs chairman. And the one that's nominated that has come before the Senate had a hearing waiting for the confirmation vote. They can't do it because this senator from Alabama won't let it come to the floor to be voted on. Any of these advancements, why is that? Because... In the new defense deal, the deal that was cut, and deal's not the right word, but it's a bill, it's regulations, I'm not sure what it it is part of, but it is part of it, that, and I believe Lloyd Austin, our Secretary of Defense, is the one that put it together and put it in the operating paperwork for this particular military. For military members who they may be stationed in a red state, one of those red states that doesn't allow abortion at all, and they want an abortion. He decided, Lloyd Austin decided, that the military should pay for those people's transportation and pay for them to get an abortion if they're serving in the military. And that, as of right now, is going to stop this entire process, it's brought the military to a screeching woe for a period of time until it's resolved. 
And so yesterday in a White House briefing, one reporter asked Kirby about what's the big deal about the abortion thing. Listen closely to the admiral and the stuff that he says. Why is the new DOD policy on abortion critical to military readiness? I'm really glad you asked that question. No, I mean, I really am. One in five members of the U.S. military are women, 20%. We're an all-volunteer force. Nobody's forcing you to sign up and go. People volunteer to go. You raise your right hand and you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for a few years or even for my life. And it might cost me my life to do it. And when you sign up and you make that contract, you have every right to expect that the organization, in this case the military, is going to take care of you and they're going to take care of your families. And they're going to make sure that you can serve with dignity and respect no matter who you are or who you love uh, or, uh, or how you worship or don't. And, um, and our policies, whether they're diversity, inclusion, and equity, or whether they're about transgender individuals who qualify physically and mentally to serve to be able to do it with dignity, or whether it's about female service members, one in five, or female family members being able to count on the kinds of health care and reproductive care specifically that they need to serve. Uh, that is a foundational, sacred obligation of military leaders across the river. Uh, I've seen it myself, and it matters because it says we're invested in you because you are being willing to invest in us. You're investing your life, your family's livelihood with us. We owe you that, that back in return. I had a chance a couple of weeks ago to meet with some military spouses here at the White House. Um, some were active duty members, some were spouses, all were women. And 201, they told me, uh, that abortion laws in this country that are now being passed are absolutely having an effect on their willingness to continue serving in uniform or to encourage or discourage, in this case, their spouses from continuing service. So if you don't think there's going to be a retention and a morale issue, think again, because it's already having that effect. Okay, let's get this straight. First of all, I got to point out the obvious 900-pound gorilla in what he said there. These women, they're concerned about having the best reproductive care. In the same sentence, he's calling that abortion. Think it through. Abortion, giving military members the opportunity to go somewhere, to pay for abortion, pay for their room and board while they're recovering from that. The taxpayer should do that because we owe that female military member reproductive care. Abortion is not about reproduction. <laughs> it's exactly the opposite. It's making sure that person doesn't reproduce. This whole thing is about the American taxpayers being forced to pay for abortion. Now, let me put this in the context. That same female military person, a father dies. Say her father dies and she wants to go home for the funeral. Does she get to just go home for the funeral? Well, she has to go to her peers above her, and it will come. She won't get paid for it. She takes paid leave, and that will be charged against her 30 days a year of PTO that they get. 
That's when somebody dies. These people, John Kirby, he's a former admiral from the Navy. He just said it. People are not joining the military today because we won't pay for their abortion. And if they are stationed somewhere where it's in a red state, nobody forces these women to get pregnant. Nobody forced them to join the military. Before they go to the military, they know what the rules are. One would think that an admiral and Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense, a general, you would think they would understand there are guidelines and rules. <laughs> and the Supreme Court has weighed in on and said Roe v. Wade does not give a person abortion rights. It doesn't do it. The highest court in the land came down with that. Aren't we supposed to believe in the rule of law and concur? And now, of course, the Biden administration, they've got people on staff there that are 24-7 trying to find ways to make abortions legal. It's a thing called accountability. Genesis 8.20, right after the flood, God met with Noah, said, no, I'm not going to flood the earth ever again. And as long as earth exists, I'll promise you four things will never change. The sun will come up every day, and it'll go down every night. There'll always be four seasons. They'll always be hot and cold, and there will always be sow and reap. Sow and reap. Now, of all those four things God promised, God took care of three. He took care of the hot and cold, the four seasons, and then he took care night and day. I knew I forgot one there. The only one that we have say-so in is reap and sow. What does that mean? When you plant watermelon seeds, seeds are going to grow. And what are they going to grow as? Watermelons. You don't plant watermelon seeds and expect peaches to grow. It doesn't happen that way. If you have unprotected sex, I'm not a biology teacher, but when you have biologically, you have sex, unprotected sex, there's a good chance a pregnancy might happen. Now, rape and incest, total different subject. This is not what Admiral Kirby was talking about. He was talking about anybody that gets pregnant in the military and wants to get an abortion, that's on us. And oh, by the way, that policy that Lloyd Austin wrote about this, it's you don't you don't you get a hundred times if it stays in place, a hundred times more benefits than if you have a spouse or a parent dies. Because in the policy, we pay for transportation, we pay for the abortion, and we pay for their care and comfort and rehab after the abortion. 
when you plant watermelon seeds, watermelons grow. And you know that before you plant them. So if you don't want watermelons, don't plant watermelon seeds. It's plain and simple. That, my friends, is the stupidest thing I've heard come out of this White House in a long time. Corinne Jean-Pierre, she tries to beat <laughs> Admiral Kirby all the time with stuff she said. She's the White House press secretary, but she couldn't top that. And he was, you heard him doing that? He was pounding his desk, making his points. I hate it when people do that. It's like what they say is not sufficient. They need to make some kind of noise to draw our attention, kind of scare us into believing what they're saying. Let's move on. You know, we've got this election coming up, and so far it looks like it's going to be Joe Biden on the Democrat side. Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden. But now there's some people in the Democrat Party that aren't quite sure that is going to be sellable to the American people. Liberal media hosts and commentators, they're panicking over now what they're calling a no-labels third-party ticket in 2024. And they've criticized the effort as disingenuous and the stupidest thing ever. It's not like we've never had independence run in an election. Ross Perot, you remember? Uh, he ran, and he was the one that got uh, a Democrat elected. No Labels is a centrist group who has taken steps toward potentially launching a third-party unity ticket. And it was announced by Senator Joe Manchin, who's a Democrat, by the way, from West Virginia, and he would serve as an honorary co-host of the group's Common Sense Town Hall up in New Hampshire. Democrats and members of the media, they've criticized those efforts nationally because of Donald Trump suggesting any candidate would be a spoiler for President Biden. CNN political commentator David Axelrod, one of my least favorite bureaucratic politocrats, was deep, deep, deep in the in the uh, Clinton White House. He said no labels effort is disingenuous. Now, I wonder what, what the heck that means. It is as certain as anything, politics, that no labels will be spoilers and highly likely in favor of Trump and the Republicans. That was a tweet from Axelrod. Joy Reid, MSNBC's brain surgeon, took issue with a statement by Joe Lieberman, who said Democrats are overreacting to the effort by no labels, and Joy suggested Democrats work on bringing their platform more to the center. Uh, yes, Democrats are just hysterical about the possibility of handing Trump a second term and potentially bringing the Democratic experiment to an end, Reid said. Lieberman is being disingenuous, Though, when he says that Democrats need a platform more to the center, even Joe Biden's bipartisan victories and his willingness to buck the more progressive wing of the party, which has earned him a significant amount of criticism from said progressives, Joy Reid said. His bipartisan victories? Oh, my God. Joy Reid wasn't finished. She said political operatives have met to discuss how to best counter this run. Their dalliance 
with a democracy-ending third party has become so terrifying, the top Democrat firm who worked with the group in the past now refuses to discuss their collaboration. And so MSNBC analyst and Mother Jones correspondent David Korn said the group had a distinct Republican tilt based on its donors. They're equating Joe Biden as extreme as Donald Trump. The guy who tried to overthrow the election and and kind of the government, he continued. They say that Joe Biden is as extreme as Trump, so right there, there's a complete dishonesty, and then when they start hiding their sources of money, it can only raise suspicions. Politico's Heidi Prisbala joined CNN's Dana Bash on Sunday to talk about the party's donors as well, and both suggested Republican donors were trying to make mischief through donating to no labels. Many Democrats are very skeptical of that. And I'm not going to go through the rest of this. This boils down to this. It's okay. They can do anything that they want, the left, Democrats. They can say anything they want. And just because it's them doing it or saying it, it's okay. But if somebody, even somebody that is of their own ilk, like Joe Manchin, former governor of West Virginia, multi-time United States senator, Several times he has come really close. He's very conservative compared to his fellow Democrats in the Senate. He's come very close to switching parties. And, of course, the far left, they don't like him for that. But if he stands up and expresses an opinion, isn't that part of democracy? Isn't that what the Democrats are supposed to stand for? They always tell us that's what it's about. But no, 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 no. When it comes to the rubber meeting the road, they want everybody to sign off on the same line that they put out there and sign what they tell you to sign and say. They want to control every bit of it. And if you dare buck them, Joy Reid's got you put in a box. You're as bad as Trump. The morning Joe clan on MSNBC. They talked about No Label's effort yesterday, and Joe Scarborough asked Newsweek editor-at-large Tom Rogers how devastating a Joe Manchin run might be. I think absolutely devastating. There's just absolutely no evidence that a No Label's ticket like that would not be a total spoiler for Joe Biden or the Democrats. There just has not been in 50 years a single electoral vote that has been garnered by an independent candidate. Even Ross Perot, who got 19% of the vote, he said. Morning Joe predicted what it'll do, he said. And there is evidence of this, including 2016 with the independent vote siphoned away from Hillary and gave the election to Donald Trump in swing states, that there is just no way a third-party ticket like that isn't going to help Donald Trump be re-elected president. And then let's just move over to The View, my favorite daytime show. Co-host Anna Navarro, boy, she unloaded on a potential third-party run in 2024 on Monday, argued that it was the stupidest thing ever. Why? Because of Trump's candidacy. Navarro called out Joe Lieberman for his involvement with the party. 
He said Sunday no labels wouldn't get involved if polling definitely showed their efforts helping a specific candidate. This is dangerous because let's put things in context. This is not a normal thing. This is not Bill Clinton versus George Herbert Walker Bush with Ross Perot playing spoiler. Oh, no. This is Donald Trump. He's a threat to national security. (laughs) How in the heck is Donald Trump a threat to national security? This guy in the White House now, he is a threat to our national security. And all of the evil dictators on the globe are standing up and they're applauding everything that Joe Biden says or does because he's making this nation in their opinion. And they make it very clear by what they do. Making our nation susceptible for invasion. That's a threat to national security. Donald Trump, Xi Jinping wouldn't go to the bathroom without calling the White House. (laughs) I'm loving this. Navarro then pleaded. And so if you, Joe Huntsman or Joe Lieberman, I love you, Joe Lieberman, but you've got to stop this. Joe, 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 this is insane. And you cannot do anything, anything that could possibly help Donald Trump become president. You can't be an accomplice on that. You're better than that, Joe. MSNBC's Michael Steele, you know who he is. He, at one time, was the chairman of the Republican Party. He got kicked to the curb because he wasn't good at being chairman of the Republican Party, and he just immediately walked over and said, I'm a Democrat. He hosted a show over the weekend and deemed the speculation surrounding Manchin the worst of the week. He also had a guest react to the no-labels effort. Comedian Francesca Florentini, a comedian, of course they know everything about politics, said their efforts were billionaire fragility at worst. It's actually insanely terrifying that there is a group out there that believe Donald Trump and Joe Biden are the same thing, she said. They call themselves no labels because oligarchs gentlemen's club was too much on the nose of a name for them. These are the guys that love gridlock. Gridlock. Gridlock, my comedian woman friend, and I'm taking liberties calling you woman, Francesca Florentini. Gridlock in government is part of something that Democrats can't stand. And what is that? The democratic process in which the bosses of the country control the narrative. They're called the people. And when there's gridlock, the people, they talk to each other, they get facts, and they hope that they're able to get a consensus one way or the other. That's democracy. What you're talking about here is authoritarian rule by people like Morning Joe and The View. Come on now. We're not going down that road, I hope. Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? Hi, can I get a... Uh... Can I get a... Okay, get in the McDonald's. Ooh, can I get a... Uh, can I get a... Yeah, can I get a... Uh... 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 U
Can I get a... Uh, Ten-piece chicken McNuggets. And what sauce would you like with that? Uh... Des DesMoinesHelpWanted.com Salutes the employee of the month. The one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. Dave, we need to talk about your sick days. What seems to be the problem, Mr. Employee of the Month? Last week you were out all five days. I was sick. Thanks for checking in. You posted on social media that you were at a comedy club on Monday. Laughter is the best medicine. An outdoor barbecue on Tuesday. Feed a cold, starve a fever, or whichever one needs to be fed. That's the one I had. Okay, Wednesday you took a selfie, hashtag faking sick. That was supposed to say freaking sick. Thursday you were at an amusement park. Somebody stole my phone. They stole your phone and uploaded photos of you at an amusement park. Yes, fake news. Friday, you tailgated in the employee parking lot. Friday's basically the weekend. Everyone knows that. If you don't mind hiring Daves, go to the huge national job boards. That's probably what you'll get. But if you want more employees of the month, go where local job seekers find good local jobs. We don't discriminate against people named Dave. Dave is a common name, fun to say, and so we're using it as a catch-all for lackluster employees everywhere. Please don't write us to tell us you were insulted by this ad. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. When your cable company keeps you on hold, you get angry. When you get angry, you go blow off steam. When you go blow off steam, accidents happen. When accidents happen, you get an eye patch. When you get an eye patch, people think you're tough. When people think you're tough, people want to see how tough. And when people want to see how tough, you wake up in a roadside ditch. Don't wake up in a roadside ditch. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Getting tired of only spin while looking for just the news? No spin, just truth. Read and hear it every day on TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. Yep, that's what we do around here. We ferret out the truth and we give it to you and let you adjudicate your own opinion. We don't tell you what to think. We have a couple of things and I'm asked periodically to remind people of that. A couple of things that we kind of hang our hat on. Number one, we don't tell you what to think. We just give you the options and trust you to make a decision. That's number one. The second two things is just because somebody thinks something's right doesn't make it right. And the flip side is just as true. Just because somebody thinks something's wrong doesn't make it wrong. There's a challenge that comes with all of that. And the challenge is find the truth. Listen to both sides in an argument. And then if it's an important argument for you to get resolution, one that you may have to make decisions based on, get the facts. Get the facts. Well, 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 well. I I, I can't get through this day without doing this. I, um, I found a, um, a new word salad, a new one for Kamala Harris. I bet you didn't know there was more than one out there, but she gets a hold of a phrase, a sentence, and she just, for some reason, decides she's got to include that in everything that she says for some period of time. I don't think she understands that her doing that over and over and over again It makes people think that she is, oh, I don't know, I'm going to use a a kind term like feckless or um, intellectually challenged. (laughs) I don't know. Here's VP Kamala Harris. She's the border czar, 
And now she's also the goddess of artificial intelligence. (laughs) Artificial intelligence in the same sentence with the name Kamala Harris. That's a good one, isn't it? And it is with this understanding, this vision, to see what can be unburdened by what has been. Fair enough. But that phrase about seeing what can be unburdened by what has been, that sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? I can imagine what can be and be unburdened by what has been, you know? What can be unburdened by what has been? What can be unburdened by what has been? What can be unburdened by what has been? What can be unburdened? by what has been. What we can see, what we believe can be, unburdened by what has been. What can be, unburdened by what has been. What can be, unburdened by what has been. What can be, unburdened by what has been. Who we can be, unburdened by who we have been. What can be, unburdened by what has been. Where we can be, unburdened by where we have been, and unburdened by where we are right now. What can be, unburdened by what has been what can be unburdened by what has been what can be unburdened by what has been they say imitation is the greatest form of flattery so i guess harris is flattering herself it seems she's happy to reuse a phrase unburdened by how often she's used it before (laughs) what can be unburdened by what has been done that's really deep right there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm not laughing at somebody. I'm laughing with a bunch of other people that uh, probably feel the same way in large part to what I feel. Now, there's a lot of news coming out. There always will be about anything and everything that happens regarding changes at Fox News. This week was when the new lineup started. Um They had some shows that kind of flipped around. Laura Ingram went to Jesse's old spot. Jesse Waters then took Tucker Carlson's old spot. Sean Hannity stayed in his spot. But now following the Hannity show is Greg Gutfeld, the nighttime talk show, moved up an hour. And so this was the week when everybody was watching closely to see what the numbers were for Tucker Carlson's old spot. That's where Jesse Waters is now. And the first numbers came out overnight, and he was about 900,000 people down on his first show compared to a everyday normal night with Tucker Carlson. Now, I really like Jesse Waters. I always have. And I, I think a lot of him because of the way he achieved what he did. When he went to work at Fox, he was just a grunt. He wasn't doing anything on air. He was just a gopher. They had him doing all kind of stuff. He was very young, and through the years, he worked his way up through the process, and he learned how to do what he's doing now. He's got a great personality. Somebody that's a long-timer at Fox that I just can't get comfortable with is Neil Cavuto. Neil seems like one of those people that he always will ask the right questions. But depending on the answer his guest gives him, 
often you can tell immediately if Neil disagrees with the guest and he tries to turn it in to a situation that makes the guest look bad. Prime example happened yesterday. Vivek Ramaswamy. He is a presidential candidate, a very successful businessman. Yesterday, he sparred with Neil Cavuto on air over the possible third Trump indictment. And of course, we've talked about that certain indictment that we feel is coming this week. Ramaswamy said, Ramaswamy said a potential indictment would be a disaster, and he called it politically motivated. But then Neil brought up comments Ramasamy made following the January 6th riot in which he condemned the behavior and called out Trump personally. Neil said, I'm just wondering what changed. Actually, nothing changed, Neil, Ramaswamy said. I've been very consistent in every step, including in the video that I put out today, that I would have made different judgments than Donald Trump did on January 6th. Mind you, I'm running... Neil interrupted him. At the time, you said what Trump did was wrong, Cavuto interjected. Absolutely, he was wrong, Ramaswamy said. Neil, this is, and I'm unequivocal today, there's a difference between doing something wrong as he did versus doing something that is illegal. I think the dangerous abuse of power in this country, Neil, is converting every bad judgment, every wrong behavior, and wrong judgment into something that is criminal when it's politically convenient. So I respectfully disagree with you, Neil. Cavuto wasn't finished. He said, this is something more than just a bad judgment. If even prosecutors pursuing this case are right that he galvanized a crowd to do what they did, does he bear some responsibility for that as a leader of the country, the commander-in-chief? On the facts as we have them, Ramaswamy, I don't think he should bear criminal responsibility. I think that would be a disastrous precedent in this country. I think what really fueled January 6th, Neil, was a year of censorship, systematic censorship, telling people they couldn't talk about COVID lockdowns, telling people they couldn't talk about the Hunter Biden laptop story on the eve of an election. I think that's a big part of the pinup frustration that showed up on January 6th. Ramaswamy continued by arguing that people get frustrated about systematic suppression of information, which led to the riot. You don't think it's criminal behavior on the part of the president? Should it disqualify him for running for president again, Cavuto asked? I think it should be an issue that the voters weigh when they make their decision. I'm asking you, Cavuto pressed. I'm making my case to the people, Neil, I do not think it should disqualify him legally from running. I think it should affect the decisions that voters make at the ballot box because that's how we do things in the U.S. The people of this country decide who leads them through a democratic process in our constitutional republic. So should voters take into account when deciding? Absolutely. I'm making my case in the same election that Trump is, and I intend to win, Neil, but I want to win by convincing voters of why they should vote for me, not by having the federal police state eliminate my competition. That's why I stand on principle. And I say the same thing today that I have at every step of the way. 
You've also been on record as saying you would pardon the president. Do you still stand by that? There's a lot of people that do not like what went down and don't think you're in a position to become president to go ahead and pardon him. I don't like what went down, Neil. What I really care about is moving our country forward. And I think that it's an awful president in the U.S. to set the conditions for tug-of-war between political parties. You'd have a lot to pardon him for. Three cases, maybe a fourth that could build with Georgia and his alleged role there trying to influence that election. Would you pardon him for all those? Well, the Georgia case has not been brought. But for the two indictments that have been brought, as well as the facts as they're known about January 6th and Neil, I'm a guy who responds to facts and matches them to the law. But for the two indictments that have been brought, I have committed, you're correct, that I would pardon him. And I think that that is in our national interest to move forward as a nation. There are other candidates in this field that would like to see Trump eliminated. I want to win this election, but I'm not one of them that wants to win that way. I want to win by convincing the voters. The part that struck me the the hardest in this was Neil Cavuto arrogantly going after Ramaswamy. Now, let me just say this. Ramaswamy, he's, he's not of U.S. origin. I almost think that the way Neil Cavuto uh, treated him was racist. I don't think if um, if he had, oh, let's say Asa Hutchison in front of him, Cavuto wouldn't talk to him the way that he talked to Ramaswamy. I don't think he would drill and drill and drill and drill. And also, by the way, Cavuto is wrong when he he made it appear by the way that he kept pressing about Trump's uh, legal problems, that that should disqualify and keep him from running. That's not true. There's nothing in the constitutional that sets the requirements for anybody that is eligible to run for president of the United States. It could be a former felon. In fact, there's no provision in the constitution that says somebody that's sitting in prison cannot run for president. Now, the odds of somebody getting elected in those circumstances is obviously not really uh, kosher to say might be a eventuality. But nevertheless, it is what it is. Facts matter. I want to applaud some folks today that I normally don't applaud, and those would be some of the people in the Louisiana legislature. Our governor... He vetoed a bill that was passed by both the Louisiana Senate and the Louisiana House that banned the transitioning of minors. Governor John Bell Edward vetoed that. The Louisiana legislature yesterday voted in favor of overriding John Bell Edwards' veto that would ban medically transitioning minors. It was sponsored by a Republican state rep, Gabe Firmament. The law would ban doctors from prescribing hormone therapy and puberty blockers to minors and from administering gender transition surgical procedures. 
The state legislature passed the bill back in June only to be vetoed by John Bell Edwards. Yesterday, the override of the governor's veto passed 75 to 23 before it was approved by the state Senate. Two House Republicans, Paula Davis of Baton Rouge, Joe Stagney of Kenner, were absent during the vote. Ferment argued that the state needed to pass the bill, fearing that children in neighboring southern states would turn Louisiana into a destination for receiving transgender medical care. If we don't pass it, Louisiana will become the destination for kids across the South to undergo these life-altering and irreversible medical experiments. That's what Ferment said. Democrats, however, charged that Republicans invented a phantom issue that did not even need to be addressed. Proponents of this bill suggest that the legislation is necessary to stop physicians from attacking our children by performing these sex change surgeries. This is simply not happening in Louisiana. That's state Democrat Representative Jason Hughes. Today I was overridden for the second time on my veto of a bill that needlessly harms a very small population of vulnerable children, their families, and their health care professionals. That's what the governor said. I expect the courts to throw out this unconstitutional bill as well. Now, just for those of you that know or don't know, Louisiana is one of those states that elect our governors in the off year. So this fall, we're having a gubernatorial election in 2023. And then, of course, we have the presidential election the next year. He cannot win. He cannot run again. John Bell Edward is term limiting out. I don't know how he gets away with calling that law unconstitutional because it's passed in numerous states, one similar, and a couple of them have already been tested in court and they've stood. Oh, well, while we're talking about wrongdoing, let's talk about something else that's going on. The real story that you need to know about our border crisis that the Biden administration still say it's under control. They've claimed success in how they've handled this whole thing. But there's a whole lot more to the story that shows that migrant crossings are still very high. Joe's plan to mitigate an expected flow of migrants coming across the U.S.-Mexico border included things like expanding the use of CBP-1. That's that phone app that we told you it crashes all the time. And they put it in play. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is the one that put it to play to allow these illegals to use the app to set up an appointment to come across the border through ports of entry, and them coming across the border through ports of entry is supposed to clean up their being here, right? Well, the only reason they're coming here is to get an appointment to have their their plea heard by a judge to let them stay in the United States. But here's the catch. Mayorkas then is just turning them loose and the earliest court date that people are getting to come back to have their their whole circumstances heard is now up to seven years. So what are they going to do for seven years? They're going to come into the United States. They're going to be uh, picked up and taken care of and placed by these 
non-government agencies that American taxpayers are funding to take care of all of these migrants that come in. Since this happened, the CBP-1, illegal crossings between the ports of entry, have gone down. And the reason they've gone down is because they're being now told, hey, if you come to the ports of entry, you'll get logged in, and then we'll let you go. And you won't be looking over your shoulder all the time. The administration's plan is working as intended. We are cognizant, however, that conditions in the hemisphere that are driving unprecedented movements of people are still present and that the cartels and coyotes will continue to spread disinformation about any potential changes to policies at the border in order to put migrants' lives at risk for profit. We will remain vigilant and continue to execute our plan making adjustments where needed. That, of course, came from Mayorkas. Former U.S. Customs and Border Patrol Acting Commissioner Mark Morgan, he believes the Biden administration is just shifting migrants who would otherwise cross the border illegally to the ports of entry, making the numbers appear low. House Homeland Security Committee Chairman Mark Green also called the Biden administration's border programs a shell game. There's the line to Congress, there's the CBP-1 app, which is just this big shell game to produce automatic mass parole in violation of the laws passed by Congress. It's a wanton disregard for the separation of powers. And oh, by the way, that little thing called the Constitution of the United States. Wow, 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 wow. We hadn't talked about... uh, immigration in a long time. And I just wanted to throw that out there so that nobody is under the assumption that everything is okay because everything ain't okay. And it's not getting any better. So what's ahead? Well, I'm trying I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to do this. I'm thinking I'm thinking, I'm thinking. No, I think I'm going to wait. I'm, I may come back tomorrow and come back and readdress this thing. First of all, let me say thank you. Um, I don't tell you that enough. Really appreciate your support here. We have people from four corners on the planet that uh, they call Truth News Network and TNN Live. They call it their home and they come here, and the fact that some of you are actually listening from other continents, listening live, and then, of course, people go pick up uh, the show afterwards when they can't listen to it live and they want to make sure they don't miss it, they'll go grab it from their favorite podcasting hosting site like Spotify, even Google, Google uh, Google Music. Um, who else? Who did I not say? Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcast, Stitcher closed. TuneIn carries it. There's 36 different sites now, podcast sites. And so, if you if you've got a phone, whatever your ilk is, if you've uh, if you want to listen to it on a computer, the name of the show is TNN Live, and put TNN Live in quotation marks with an exclamation point. Put that in your search bar. And it'll come up, and you'll see it. My ugly mug, our logo, 
Um, we're kind of going through a funny thing now with my logo. My logo shows me it's an abstract of my face and head. I'm bald, but I wear glasses. And I'm in the process this week actually having the second part of, of uh, surgery, getting my eyes fixed, and I'm not going to wear glasses anymore. And both of our daughters, I hadn't thought about this. They said, Dad, you won't be wearing glasses anymore. You're going to have to get your logo redesign. <laughs> well, I'm not going to do that. It's been around a long time and a lot of people are familiar with it. So uh, we're just going to let it fly there. But anyway, I just, again, wanted to make sure you understand how important you are to what we do here every day at TNN Live and never feel like you're taken advantage of or not appreciated. We've got some special things coming up. We're going to give away some um, TNN Live, uh, not coffee mugs, but uh, those those drink. They're 20 ounces. They hold whatever you want to put in them, coffee or soft drinks or whatever. And they come with a, a permanent straw, which I think is kind of good. We're going to give some of those away. We have white ones. Uh, we have black ones. And again, it's got my ugly mug on the mug and that logo that we were just talking about. We're going to do that, and we're also working with YouTube. Believe it or not, we're contemplating putting TNN Live on YouTube, only in audio format, but that will make it a lot easier for some people to participate every day. That's a wrap. You guys have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock sharp at TNN Live. Say it rose, Mary.